Welcome to Beyond the Bio, a podcast that dives deep into the exceptional leaders at Bain and spotlights the incredible work they're doing. More importantly, welcome to our second annual year in review episode. We're going to look back and reflect on some of the memorable conversations we've had on the show this past year. Joining me today is one of the show's producers and a manager in our Atlanta office, Daniel Yellen. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Keith. It's great to be back hosting with you and right before you go on sabbatical. Indeed, Daniel. I leave in a couple of weeks from when we're recording this. In my episode, we talk a little bit about what I'm going to do so people can go there if they want to hear, or if I can blatantly, shamelessly cross-promote, uh, they can go to myhomeisspecial.com and keep up with what I'll be doing during my six months away. Perfect. And so I'll give the listeners a little bit of a teaser for what they can expect in our conversation today. We're going to look back on some of our favorite conversations from the year. But before that, I want to talk through some of the stats from Beyond the Bio this year. We recorded 22 new episodes, released two encore episodes. We had our first ever guest host and miniseries with whiteboard innovators and Olivia Pavko Giaccia taking over the show during the summer. Let me interrupt you right there. I just want to give Olivia a shout out. The notorious OPG was awesome as a host. I look forward to having her back co-hosting a little bit this year and doing another little takeover for whiteboard innovators. I am looking forward to that as well. And mentioning those 22 new episodes, here's an abbreviated list of some of the conversations and topics that we covered this year. And Keith, I would love your one sentence reaction to some of these conversations. Okay, let's do it. Sweet. So we talked to Darcy Darnell, a Chicago partner and the leader of our global customer strategy and marketing practice. Darcy, longtime friend, know her, know her family, know her kids. It was awesome to spend time talking with her on the show. We talked to Onyinye, a Boston partner who talked to us about automation. Somebody that I knew about but had never had a chance to talk. I am so thrilled that we had a chance to do that episode. It's a shame that I had to finally meet her for the first time in some ways in front of our entire audience. But we've been in touch since then, and she's awesome. Betsy Peretti, a San Francisco partner and one of the founders of the Innovation and Design Group at Bain. Unlike many of the guests we've had on the podcast, Betsy is one of the people that I really didn't know before somebody put her name forward. And I am still kicking myself for not meeting her early in my career. Satish Shankar, our APAC regional managing partner. Man, somebody I've worked with a bunch and have a ton of respect for. And it was awesome, awesome, awesome to hear some of the great things he's leading in the APAC region for Bain. And then we had a fantastic conversation with one Keith Bevins, which will have come out just a few weeks before this episode. Man, I know that guy well, but the big win for me there is I get a ton of email outreach with people who want to know my story and want to just chat about my career path. And now I can just send them back a link and say it's all recorded on Beyond the Bio. Glad to be of service in that regard, Keith. Today, we wanted to focus, though, on three conversations that I think highlight the essence of what makes Bain a great place to work. And so to highlight this theme, we're going to play a few clips from your conversations with Sharona Sankar King, Mike Garska, and Jen Andrasco. Okay, let's do it. First, we have Sharona Sankar King, who is an expert partner and who joined Bain five years ago and is going to share how she made the decision to join Bain. I had risen up in my career and was in a position where I had to kind of make a decision. I was being looked at just so you understand how advertising and media companies, they're often big holding companies. They own multiple agencies and multiple companies within their umbrella. And I was being looked at for CEO role of one of those companies at the time. I needed to do some introspection and figure out, do I really want to run a company or do I love really being in the operational role and really making things happen more from the ground up, if you will? There was just a sense of 
a real commitment to building great teams and building a great culture here that I found very attractive. And that was a big, big part of my decision. The thing that I loved about Sharona's conversation is it taught me how doing great work attracts great people. And so I was just wondering, what did you get out of that conversation with Sharona? Well, there's a couple of things that I took away. You know, first of all, I've known Sharona for a long time, as we talk about in that episode. I mean, her husband was my spades partner in college. He was in my wedding. And so I've known her for a long time, but I didn't know her career journey like so many of our guests. And what I took away was that we are building the type of capability and have the type of potential that we can attract someone like Sharona to join the team. People don't like to jump from a comfortable place and a very steep trajectory like she was on and come to a place that puts all of that at risk. And so for me, her even joining Bain five years ago was validation that we were absolutely on the right track. And somebody who is world-class in their capabilities looked at what we were doing and said, man, I need to be on that team. And I think a lot of the time people look at consulting, at least when they're joining at the point at which I joined as a consultant, and they say, this is going to be a launching pad for my career, maybe to go and do something else. But what I think that also showed is that she was having the decision of, do I go and become a CEO or do I go and join Bain? And so it's also a decision that people can have that at that later stage, that advanced stage, that senior leadership stage in their career, this is a great place to come and to continue the awesome work that you had a chance to do throughout your career. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I hope people take away from what she was doing. This is absolutely the next chapter, the next frontier for her career. And she's doing it in a capacity with a consulting firm and working with the same types of leaders in industry in a different capacity, and one that I hope she finds as fulfilling as I know our clients do with her expertise in the table. And something that she talks about is how her career, she would work in a job for maybe two to three years and then move on to something else, move up the ladder into more advanced positions. But she talks about since joining Bain, she sees opportunity for folks who are into data science, like her expertise where they can come to Bain and they can build that variety of expertise in one place, both because they have an opportunity to work across a variety of industries and work on a number of different types of problems and challenges. And so all of a sudden, if you have an interest in something like data science, or of course, if an interest in being a traditional management consultant, you can build that capability exclusively at Bain. And that was just something that I hadn't thought of for a role outside of the one that Bain is traditionally known for. Yeah, and I don't think most people realize that the career path that you're choosing to go down when you want to be a data scientist or somebody in one of those technical fields, a lot of times means you hook up with a company and you get to know a lot about doing it in that particular industry. And then if you want to see more things, you actually have to uproot your life, uproot your family, uproot your career and move to a new company. And what Bain is building is a training ground for data scientists who used to have to jump company to company to gain experience. And we're letting them build out different vertical areas of industry expertise and even extend up and down the stack from data science into strategy or from data science into something more technical. They can sort of move in any way across the matrix in one company. So as they're building out their network, as they're building out their relationships, as they're building out their mentor and mentees, they can do that in one company while not hampering the long-term prospects for them to grow their careers. And that's one of the things that's really awesome when data scientists think about joining Bain. That feels like a really good transition to our next clip. So let's turn towards what makes Bain a great place to work while you're here. Mike Garska is a partner in London and the former managing partner of our UK and Ireland offices. And here's Mike talking about London's monthly office-wide meetings. 
if we wanted to create an environment where people felt they were they're learning and they were inspired and they wanted to to build their future at, uh, at Bain, we had to invest in the culture. So we did a whole set of things. The town meetings were part of that. No surprise, you'll remember. We started that by celebrating our client work and the impact we were having with our clients. We had another chapter, so to speak, of each of those town hall meetings, which was celebrating the work of individuals. So it could be promotions. We always had a set of cultural awards. We call them the London legends. We also made sure that we called out not just the client-facing side of our business, but increasingly the set of experts, whether it's in advanced analytics or digital marketing in Ford or IND today, and our teams in finance, our teams in recruiting, our teams in PD, that we needed to recognize and celebrate that, again, we were working together as a team to be successful. Yeah, I remember experiencing what Mike was talking about when I was visiting London, and I had since been to a couple of different office meetings, but it was like a family gathering. I mean, in the London office, there's sort of a center stage. I forget, they call it the town square, I think. And there's at least one or two balconies. So you have people watching the meeting from above. You have people watching it from down below. It just creates this environment where Mike and other leaders and other people presenting in the office are just feeling a lot of love from everyone around them. And he talked about having fun, but he, he talked about celebrating people, celebrating successes, celebrating wins. And that culture and that camaraderie, it's just, you can't be in that office and not feel it when you're there. And I was really blessed to have experienced it at least two or three times, I think, during my visits there. I always look forward to the office meetings in the Atlanta office where I'm based. We don't have the London Legends Award. We have the Peach Award, which is, of course, appropriate given our location in our state. But the thing that I always appreciate about these is that he talks about being like the, the ringmaster for these events, but right. ultimately... His job is to let other people shine and give consultants and associate consultants the opportunity to present to a group of their peers to highlight work that people are doing outside of the general consulting work. For us, I think about the Peach Award last time it was given to the person in the Atlanta office who organized our Halloween event, which is always the most looked forward to events of the year because we have all of the folks from the office bring their kids and their families and they run around and do trick-or-treating and it's just a really nice way to build community in the office. And it's great to celebrate the people that help make each office a, a great place to be. When you extrapolate from that, I've had the fortune of visiting probably half or more of our 70 offices around the world. And so I've actually experienced Bain's culture in a lot of different contexts, big office, small office, literally in all three regions on probably four continents at this point, actually five continents. You know, there's some consistent things that I would say about Bain. What Mike talked about, he talked about client successes, but he talked about people successes. We focus on both. In Chicago, it manifested itself and we had a mission as a leadership team of doing great work and being a great place to work. So we sort of had all these logos around, you know, great work, great place to work. And that tells me a lot about who we are as a firm. It's sort of in our DNA. Bain has a reputation for having a really strong culture. People say, oh, when you go to Bain, the culture is really strong. The culture is really strong. And a really juvenile way to think about culture is the way that people think about it, like during the dot-com boom. Some of our listeners might be too young for that. But, you know, there was just this notion that if you let your dog come to the office and you cater lunch every day and you have a popcorn machine, like all of a sudden it's going to be a fun culture. And people will just love spending time with each other because they can wear flip-flops. And I'm like, that's not really culture. Culture is a set of norms and values that you have as an organization, combined with the processes and the tools and the mechanisms you have in place to reinforce those values. And that's where Bain has its operating principles. And we'll do a series on that and people will get to hear more about that. 
but it's all the things that we do to reinforce the way people behave according to those operating principles. Upward feedback isn't just collected. It's part of the review. It's part of the promotion decision. Wanting people to be connected and contribute to the greater well-being of the office isn't just an ask or an expectation. It's something that when you do it, we're going to celebrate and we're going to acknowledge that. And, and it's all of those things that come together to create a bane where the expectation is I can call you anytime, any day, and you'll help me if you can. And you want to see me succeed. And it's all the things that we do to reinforce that behavior, not just sort of saying, hey, we're a fun place to work, we're a best place to work. Those are all outcomes of the structures and things that we've done. Our culture is intentional. Our culture is not an accident. Our culture is something I'm really proud of. Yeah. And something that I noticed early on, and I might've mentioned this when we did this episode last year, is I just reached out to you and asked if I could help out with the show. And that's been celebrated in the office and people are excited when you find an extra 10 or something else that can help contribute to Bain's quote unquote culture that brings you energy, whether that's leading the green team or organizing events or contributing to a group like Veterans of Bain or Women at Bain or any of our other affinity groups. You have an opportunity to do something that brings you energy outside of your client work and ultimately contributes to this being a better place to work and to come to and to spend a large portion of your life at. That's something that I really appreciate. Yeah, it's really wild to me that I talk with friends who have to make a trade-off between really enjoying where they work and doing really great work. Sharona is a great example of somebody who is super passionate about what she does, and she found a place to do that here. But then you listen to Mike and realize like, oh, wait, you can do great work and actually enjoy where you work too. And that's not an accident. And that's one of the reasons we're consistently among the best place to work, because we really do both. Now let's turn to our conversation with Jen Andrasco, who is the leader of Bain's Advisor Network and Global Alumni Network. We have a really robust set of offerings for our alumni, and it's really based on three things. First of all is to provide lifelong learning and knowledge resources for our alumni. The second is to provide connection and networking amongst our alumni population. And then third, and, and certainly important, is to be there in the moments that matter for them in their career support and development. Man, I remember that conversation, Daniel, and Jen is a tremendous asset to Bain. We know that having great alumni starts with the first two things that we talked about, doing great work and being a great place to work. But then the question is, what happens with the community of people that leave Bain? I can say that during my time, our departure culture has really improved. You know, there was a time where we didn't really think about alums and life after Bain. And when you were leaving Bain, we wish you the best and hope you had a great career. And what we realized is people who come to Bain either stay at Bain and do great things or they leave Bain and do great things. And we're going to want to keep in touch with them as well. It seems obvious, but as a relatively young firm when I joined, that wasn't as obvious as you would think. And Jen is, is sort of the caretaker, the guardian, the proponent for our entire alumni community around the world. And I think another thing that stands out for Jen is that she came to Bain to do great things. She left Bain and did great things. And then she came back to Bain and is doing great things. There's so many people who we've talked to on the show and who I've just talked to throughout my time at Bain who are boomerangs. And I think that's a testament to all the things we've already talked about and also to the strength of our alumni network, the fact that we keep in touch with them, the fact that we keep them up to date on the work that we're doing and that we keep them in mind when there are great opportunities because we want great people here and we spend a lot of time and effort. Keith, you spend the most time and effort making sure that we're bringing great people into this into this firm. And ultimately, we don't want them to 
we want them to fly away, but if they fly away, we don't want it to be too far that they can't come back. And it's interesting. And I know we've had some discussions internally about, you know, is boomerang really the right word? You know, are people down under offended that we use that? And the part that I struggle with is it implies that you really like threw someone away and they came back anyway. And that's not really what we mean. But, you know, the boomerangs that I've met, it's now to the place where when people leave, when they leave Bain, even when they leave my team in recruiting, it's kind of a see you later, not a goodbye, good luck keep in touch. It's like, hey, let me know how things unfold because as you build new skills and as we develop new needs, might be time to come back home. And that's actually how we talk about it. Uh, I have someone on my team right now that after two unsuccessful attempts to get them on my team over five years, in year five, I called them and literally the email I wrote said something to the effect of, are you ready to come home? And, and that's sort of how we think about it. I wouldn't say an important part of the culture, but it is part of the culture that people understand that once you join Bain, you never really leave Bain. It's either supporting you as you take on a new role, it's supporting your organization as you deal with different challenges, and it's supporting you as you think about your career decisions, leaning back on the network of mentors and, and team members that, that helped guide your career when you were here. Just because you're not here doesn't mean they still can't provide valuable input to your career decisions, and they absolutely do that, and it's really neat. You know, I'm coming off last week, I sent probably 25 emails to alumni that I'm connected to just to see what was going on and remind them that we're here to help them in their careers. And in multiple instances, Daniel, I got back like multi-paragraph responses. I mean, I probably sent like four sentences and I was just getting back multi-paragraph responses from people I hadn't spoken with in years. They were just excited to hear from me. And then, you know, I fire it back and I'm going to catch up with some of them when I travel like I do. But that's the kind of community and culture that we build here. And that's not something that's common. It's not something that's easy and it's not something that happens in most places. I guess I'm glad that it happens here and I'm here. Can you talk for a second? So I recently ticked up to manager and I find that that's a point at which a lot of your colleagues and your friends in the office start to hear about great opportunities and find things that fit for their life, fit their lives maybe better at, at that point in time. And I was wondering what your opinion or impression is about what it means to the working world outside of Bain that you have been a Bainy. It's a really great question. And the associate consultant in me always wants the data. And one of our guests on the podcast was Courtney Delacava. And Courtney is now on her fourth, third or fourth departure from Bain. She's a multi-time boomerang. So who knows when Courtney will be back. And we were kicking this around one day and said, you know, what does the world actually think about Bain alumni? And Courtney, as part of her responsibilities when she was here, dealt with a lot of executive search firms in her day job. And so we actually did a really robust survey and she interviewed a bunch and had a bunch of them take surveys about what is distinct and unique about Bain people. That culture that we talked about in terms of how we relate to each other, it turns out sort of manifests itself in how we relate to everyone. And so I think when the world hears that you're from Bain, they understand that you're going to be razor sharp analytically, that you're going to think outside the box, that you're going to think of ideas that most people in comfortable places don't come up with. But they also know you're not trying to be the smartest person in the room all the time. And they also know that you're going to respect the most senior and the most junior person in the room because they have opinions and experiences that are valid. And so what she found and what I was thrilled to see in the data was that when people do leave Bain and go out into the marketplace, there's a world that is eager to have them on the team because they know the skill set that we bring. You know, having a brain on a stick isn't going to really make any organization successful. Like there's lots of smart people out there. There's just not a lot of smart people out there that can engage in a way where you actually get the benefit of their intelligence and not the pain that might come with it. So this year, Beyond the Bio explored a lot of different topics. We talked to 
many fascinating people. We had a mini series, like I mentioned, and we have even more great stuff to come next year, even with you on sabbatical. And so Keith, can you talk a little bit about what the plan is for the show next year? Absolutely. And we've already recorded some of the episodes that will be released in the first quarter. So I'm really excited about the conversations we've had there. Let me share a couple of things that we have on tap for people. First, we're going to do a series on our operating principles. I alluded to them earlier in our conversation today. And in different parts of different episodes, we always allude to them, but we never actually say like, okay, seriously, what are they? And what does it mean to people? And what is the impact that they have on your day to day? Like I get that I pass by them in reception on my way in and that they're on my review twice a year, but like really, why are they important? Why is it special? Why is it unique to Bain? And so we're going to explore that and we're going to sort of take each one and unpack it with a senior leader of the firm. And then uh, that'll get us through a little bit of the first quarter, but then I'm still going to be out and I will leave the show in the very capable, trusted hands of you and Olivia. And I'm thrilled to know that you two will make the time to take care of the baby while I'm away. Please do a good job. I would appreciate it, as would many of our listeners. I speak from myself and, and hopefully Olivia too, that I say that we want to keep this show as loved as it is both in Bain and by the folks who listen to it outside of Bain. And so we will do our best and we want you to be proud of us more than anything else, probably. <laughs> and, so, and so you'll you'll give me your honest feedback when you come back, but we'll do our best to, to keep the show great. Yeah. Anybody that knows me knows I am not shy with feedback, but I will also say that you all have done an outstanding job on the episodes that you've worked on or hosted. And so I have no concerns at all. And I will be back in July and picking up uh, recording in July. So I'll probably be back on the podcast in a bigger way in the August, September timeframe. But I hope people are as excited to hear about some of the topics we have on tap, because I think it's going to be a really great uh, first half of the year coming up. Well, Keith, thank you for another great year of Beyond the Bio. I've spoken to a number of recruits this year who have been inspired by the show. And so I hope you know the show will be in good hands, even if it's not mine and Olivia's. The team behind the scenes does an incredible job always to keep the show going. And so I want to make sure that we shout out the awesome work that they do to contribute to the show each year. Yeah. Just thank you again for having me on and letting me host this episode with you. Great talking with you. Look forward to catching up again soon.